all throughout the Bible, Jesus calls us to love other people and to put other people before ourselves. And this can be so difficult for us because just naturally we're kind of prideful people and we are selfish and care about ourselves. And that's what Jesus is telling us. There's a new way to live. It's a new um, way to treat other people is putting them first. And pride is something we all wrestle with in, in a lot of different moments in our life. And what we're talking about today in the New Community Church podcast is how we're not a hostage to our pride. Thanks for joining us. I'm Pastor Caleb, and today we're continuing that series as Paul, the author of Philippians, is challenging us to not be hostage to our pride, not be captive to our own selfish feelings, but to put other people first and to honor Jesus by the way that we love and honor the people around us. So tune in this week. We have Pastor Aaron Escamilla bringing a great word on how we're not a hostage to our pride. everyone. How are you guys doing this morning? Good? It's good to see each of you here. And for those of you joining us online, welcome. So glad to be worshiping with you this morning. And if I haven't had a chance to personally meet you yet, my name is Aaron, and I'm the lead pastor here at New Community Church. Um, we've been here um, at this church for about six years now. Love Mesquite, love the community, love the church family that we are a part of and that God has brought us to. And we would love to get to know a little bit more about you if you're new here, if you're our guest. And so maybe you've been coming even for a few weeks or watching online, and we would love the opportunity just to get to know your name and a little bit about your story. There's a simple way that you can do that. Just text NCC New to that number that you see right there on the screen, and it'll give you a few prompts. It'll ask you a few questions. We want to know, is there any way that we can help you grow in your relationship with Jesus or walk with you in the spiritual journey that you um, that you are on. And so if you haven't done that yet, like I said, maybe you've been coming for a few weeks, but you've not reached out yet. We would love to connect with you and get to know a little bit more about you. And today we are in our second week of this series of conversations called Not a Hostage. We're walking through the book of Philippians together. If you weren't with us last week, we kind of gave a little bit of the background of that book and, and talked about our first topic as it comes to that. And so I want to encourage you um, once again this week, if you have a smart device, um, you can take that out, um, open up the NCC app. If you don't have that, go ahead and download that. And once you have that, you can go to more in notes and there um, you can put in some notes, things that God is speaking to you, ways that God is challenging you. I'll even ask you um, to kind of fill in some of those things there um, as we walk through this message, but want to encourage you to do that. And last week, in case you missed the message, I won't go into all the detail, but let me give you just a couple of things is, this is a letter that was written to a church in the city of Philippi. We call it a book of the Bible, but initially it was a letter and it would have been read in a setting like this. And it was from a man named Paul who helped start the church there in the city of Philippi. If you want a little bit of the background, you can go to Acts chapter 16 and you can kind of read the backstory of what's taking place in this book and how the church got started. That's Acts chapter 16. But one of the most important things to know is Paul, the writer of this letter, is writing from a prison cell. He's in the city of Rome and he's in prison. And yet this theme keeps on coming up that he is saying, hey, even though I'm in a jail cell, even though I'm imprisoned, I'm not a hostage. 
And he begins to write to the church and challenge them with these kind of different ideas of, hey, you're going to face difficult situations. You're going to face things in your life, but you're not a hostage to these things. And Christ has brought a freedom inside of our life from things that would imprison us or things that would hold us back. And so last week we talked about this idea, not a hostage to fear. And today we are looking at this right here. If you um, have those notes, you can write this down. Not a hostage to pride. Church, you are not a hostage to pride. And in Philippians chapter two, we see Paul begin to dive into this theme as we look at the life of Jesus and as he's challenging the church about unity and about what's taking place. And he encourages them, you're not a hostage to pride. And so in a moment, we'll get to the passage here. The year was 1986, okay? I lived in a small town called Shirley, Arkansas, Sure, none of you guys know where that is. It's a tiny town, kind of north central part of Arkansas. Uh, my parents were pastors at a church there. And Arkansas was celebrating its 150th year as a state, kind of its 150th birthday. And our elementary school decided to do a production, okay? And in the, I think it was the third or fourth grade, one of those grades, out of all of the kids, I was chosen for the star leading role in the production. I think we have a picture of third grade Aaron up here. Man, isn't he cute, you guys? Look at that. And that was actually my outfit. I had this kind of red and white pinstripe vest and this white button-down shirt and these nice pants. Okay. And for the fourth or for the third or fourth grade, whichever grade I was in, I was the star. And I practiced for weeks. I would come out and I'd sing this song. There was a bicycle built for two. Okay, if you guys know that old school, old timey song. It's a tandem bike. And so I would pull out this tandem bike with this um, girl that was in my class as well. And I would start this song, Daisy, Daisy, give me your answer true. I'm half crazy all in my love for you, right? And so I'm there on this opening night of this production. The gymnasium is packed in our small town of Shirley, Arkansas. I am so proud in that moment, you guys. I am the star of the show, right? Everyone is there to see me, of course. And so the bicycle comes out. I'm there and I just start to belt out this song, right? Singing at the top of my lungs. Everyone's quiet in the place, right? I go through my lines. Um, the girl, I can't remember who it was, went through her lines. And then I sang kind of this closing line of the song. And then the song ends and everyone politely claps and everyone's cheering. And I think, yes, all of this is for me, you guys. Until I went to school the next day. And some of my friends, maybe they weren't my friends, but they came up to me and they let me know something that I did not know up until that point. And that is, Aaron, you are tone deaf. You cannot hear the pitch of a song, no matter how much you practice, no matter how much, you guys, I'm on cloud nine, right? This production and I am the star and everyone look at me and I'm gonna sing this amazing song only to find out and I'm quickly humbled that I was not quite the star I thought it was, you guys. And from that point on, I learned that's probably not going to be my gifting. I am energetic. I love acting. I love doing things like that. Singing probably is not going to be one of those things that I do. I don't know if you've ever had a moment like that where you were on cloud nine and you're thinking, yes, and you're so proud of what you've done only to find out maybe it wasn't as great as you thought it was, right? And, and Paul is reminding us through, the, through this um, passage here that we have to walk in an attitude of humility, and if we don't, we become prey to something called pride. And it begins to isolate us and to divide us and to separate us. And Paul says we can actually become imprisoned to the pride in our life. And he challenges us 
to live a different way and even uses the life of Christ to reflect that. And so if you have your Bibles, I want to encourage you to turn to Philippians chapter 2, verse 1. Philippians chapter 2, verse 1. And we're going to stay in this chapter 2 and hit like a few sections. Um, We won't read through the whole chapter, but we'll hit a few sections here. As Paul begins to write on this idea that we are not a hostage to fear. Philippians chapter 2, verse 1, this is how he begins this part of the letter. He says, therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united in Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being in one spirit and in one mind. Paul's writing here and he's beginning to attack what can happen in all of our life that pride begins to creep into our life. Maybe even as followers of Christ, we begin to look at others and think, well, thank you, Jesus, because I'm not quite as bad as that person, right? Like, I'm actually a pretty good Christian, and I do the right things, and so I'm not like that coworker or that family member. Thank you, Jesus, that I'm not there. And we start to kind of swell up with pride, but what pride does is it begins to isolate us. And Paul's saying, hey, you can become a hostage to pride. And instead of being like-minded, instead of being tender and compassionate, we become puffed up, we become arrogant, right? We get very prideful in our own lives and and we're overcome by this. And Paul is saying, that actually imprisons you and it separates you from people around you, people that you're called to connect with, people that you're called to have that same mind and have that same spirit. And yet Paul is saying, hey, as a follower of Christ, your focus is on others, As a follower of Christ, my focus is not on myself, you guys. It's not about what I can gain or everyone look at me or look who I am. But as a follower of Christ, as I submit my life to Christ, the freedom that Christ brings is he frees me from myself. He frees me from this all-consuming world of who I am and that the world should revolve around me. Is this to my, all of these things to my benefit? And he begins to show me the world from the eyes of other people, I begin to see what others are going through. As a follower of Christ, my focus is on others. That's what Paul is saying. Be united together in Christ. There's a comfort in his love. There's a common sharing in the spirit. It's not just about you anymore, but you're not a hostage to pride because Christ has freed you from yourself. And now you're able to be in one spirit and one mind with others. How desperately we need this message in a time where this is all about my opinions and what I think, and you need to hear my voice and you need to agree with me. And Paul is saying, wait, we live differently as followers of Christ. We're not arrogant that we are the world's answer, right, to the problems that are going on around us. No, there's a humility. We're connected and we're united together. And so we're not just focused in on ourselves. We're actually focused in on others. And so He gives this illustration, man, you're united in this thing. Now, I love this time of the year. I love fall. And here's why I love it, because of Sunday afternoon football, okay? I know everyone may not be big football fans, but I enjoy watching a couple of games. Now, I live in Texas, so when we moved here, I've lived all over the place. I said, I'm going to become a Cowboys fan. That's what I'm going to do, you guys. I'm going to root for the Cowboys. However, my wife is from the North and she grew up a Packers fan and we quickly found out this will not work in the Escamilla household, okay? 
So I am a Packers fan by marriage, and I am secretly a Cowboys fan in the closet, okay? I do enjoy watching the Cowboys sometimes. You know, watching the games I've discovered, and, and you may not be a big fan of football, but we kind of know some of the key positions, right? The quarterback, the running back, the wide receiver, those people that score the points, maybe even a defensive person that's always sacking the quarterback and stopping the offense. But I think the unsung heroes of the football team is the offensive line. And I think we even have a, a quick photo up here of the Dallas Cowboys and their offensive line. This is before Dak got hurt this season, you guys, okay? Before he went down there. But um, this is their offensive line. It doesn't seem like they do a lot. They hike the ball, right? And then they kind of push the other players back so the real action can happen. But when you start to think about what they do, they are so key and so vital to what happens on the football field. And it's important that they move as one unit. My brother-in-law actually played um, Division I college on the offensive line and even played preseason in the NFL on the offensive line. And talking with him, man, I, discuss, I gained such a respect for what they do. And one more photo that we have up here. They have to move as a unit to create the play. And you can see they're splitting the defense so Ezekiel Elliott here can run up the line. If at any moment the offensive lineman thinks, you know what, I'm not going to go right. I know that's what the coach said. I'm going to go left. The play stops, right? The running back's just going to run right into their back. There's not going to be a gap. There's not going to be a wide open hole for him to go down and score the touchdown. Everyone has to do their part. They have to move in unison. This is the image Paul is giving the church. You don't just move on your own anymore. This isn't just about you. You're now a team player. You're not a hostage of pride because you're not just focusing on yourself. Well, I don't know if I want to do that. Or if I come to church, they better sing the right song or Pastor Aaron better say something really encouraging or I don't know if I want to be there anymore. No, he's saying you don't live like that anymore. You're not a hostage to pride. This isn't just about you. Now you begin to come into settings like this and you're focusing on others. You're a team player. You're looking at what others need and what needs to happen. Your focus is now the gospel and the cross and what Jesus is doing in the life of others. You have given up this selfish life and you've begun to live differently with a unity in mind and a unity in heart. This is how you're called to live as a church. That's what brings freedom from pride is when it's not just all about me, but I begin to see other people and what's going on. How can I tell? And if you've got those notes open, you can see that right there. Like, how do I know pride is creeping into my life? Let me give you a few ways that we can tell if pride is creeping into our life. How do we know that we're a hostage to pride? You always have to be right. You always have to be right. It's so difficult to admit, oh man, I messed up. Yep, I'm sorry. Didn't get that right. Being able to actually own what you've done, right? You have to be right. That's a sign of pride. Just another honesty moment. I gave you one last week, okay? Sarah and I will be sitting down watching a TV show or a movie, and I'll be like, I think that actor was in that movie. And she'll say, no, no, he wasn't. No, I'm pretty sure he was, Sarah. I remember him. And we'll keep on going back and forth, and then this is what I do secretly. I take out my iPhone, and I start Googling, what movie was this guy in? If I am right, I will quickly hold up my phone. Look, Sarah, I told you, I knew he was in that movie. If I am wrong, I don't say anything, right? I'm not gonna give her the benefit of the doubt. I'm not gonna tell her that she was right. Like there's that pride in our life that I always have to be right. There's even this thing that some of us take our worth and our value off of being right. And when we're not right, it's like it's attacking our worth and our value. 
you're a hostage to pride if you always have to be right. If you always have to be the one that, that is like, hey, let me tell you how this is real. Let me give you my input and you can never learn. You're not teachable. You are imprisoned in a cell of pride. That's pride working in your life. Another way that you can tell, hey, I'm prideful is I have to be the center of attention. Look at me, look at me, right? I mean, Paul says that we should all have the same love and some of us think, yeah, that's right. Everyone should love me. That's what this world should be about. Everyone should love me. I should be the center of attention. Now, some of us think, well, I'm not like that. You know, I'm not the life of the party. I'm not the person at work, high-fiving everyone, saying hey to everyone, you know, kind of talking around. Some of us are still the center of attention, but it's a pity party. My life never goes right. Nothing ever happens good for me. And we think, you know what? I'm not the center of attention. No, you are. You want everyone to be focused in on you and what's going wrong. So it's always a crisis in your life. You know what that is? That's pride. It's you saying, hey, everyone needs to see me. We expect that of little toddlers. Some of us have never grown out of that. It still all needs to be about us and what's going on at work or what's going. You're always creating drama. Why? Because I need people to be focused in on me. That is pride. You are imprisoned by that cell inside of your life. And Paul's saying, Jesus has brought freedom. You're focused on others, not just yourself now. The third thing is there can be an arrogance instead of a spirit of humility. Paul said, be of one mind, be of one spirit in your life. And that spirit is humility that we're walking in. Doesn't mean we think less of ourselves, but we understand our identity and our worth as God has spoken over our life. That's how we view ourselves. It's not just about me, but I am now focused in on others. When you find yourself doing this, let me give you a tip that'll help you break free from being a hostage to pride. Begin to ask yourself, what are others going through? What difficult thing are they facing? What's it like to walk a mile in their shoes? Maybe I just see kind of the Instagram photo of their life and the great picture of how everything's going good, but everyone has difficult moments. And to take the focus off of myself and begin to ask, why did they come into work upset? Or why did that family member say that? Maybe there's something going on there that they're hurting. And as followers of Christ, pride doesn't just say my life is about me, but I begin to focus in on others. Philippians chapter 2 Verse three, we go on, Paul says this, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but rather in humility, value others above yourself. Don't just look out for your own interests, but each of you to the interest of others in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in the very nature God did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. And if you have your Bibles there, maybe um, if it's on your phone, just highlight that. Did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. I'm blown away by this. If anyone had a reason to be prideful, it's God, right? Like it's Jesus saying, hey, I am the reason this world exists. I am everything to this world. I'm the reason the world continues to rotate and is sustained. And yet Jesus, as he comes here to this earth, does not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. I've shared at different times. I'm reading through the gospels over and over. I'm on my fourth time of just walking through the life of Jesus. 
And I'm constantly blown away by every time the scripture says, and Jesus had this authority. He was given this power, like as that authority came into his life, he always found ways to give it away and to benefit others. All power had been given to him. What does he do? He kneels down and he washes the disciples' feet. And I'm thinking, who is this? Who does that? See, I'm not a pride to hostage because we don't live for our own personal advantage. As followers of Christ, we don't live for our own personal advantage. Whenever we're blessed, whenever something happens in our life, we have that same mindset. Paul says that, have the same mindset as Christ. God, how do I use this to benefit others? This isn't for my personal advantage. This isn't for me to get ahead. This isn't so I can just tell someone else what to do and I can have my way. No, the leadership that we have, it's not for our personal advantage. How different would our world look politically if we had leaders like this that said, this isn't about my personal advantage. This isn't about me. This is how I can use my life to serve others. That's what Jesus did. That's how he lived this thing out. And it was so countercultural back then. It's so countercultural now. You look at the time that Paul's writing this to the church in Philippi. This is right after the time of Christ. And just a few hundred years before, if you remember history class, there was a great leader in the world. His name was Alexander the Great. He was so good, he even took that name on, right? I'm the great guy. Alexander the Great lived a few hundred years before the time of Christ. He had conquered the then known world. There was nothing, no place that was known at that point that was not under the rule of Alexander the Great. He had come to such a place that he declared himself divine. Through conquering, through wars, through armies, through leadership, through strategy, he had gained all of this power and he gets to the age of 33 and he says, I have nothing left to conquer. And he actually takes his own life. But his power came through killing, through armies, through war, through battle. That's how he gains his power. You look at the time that Paul is writing this, and just the leader at that time, Caesar Augustus, that had lived. The Roman peace, right? The Roman pox that was there at that time. How did it come about? Through vicious crucifixion through financial oppression of the people at that time. This is the Roman government, and we look back and we're like, look, it's a time of peace. There's no war. Yeah, because they had killed almost everyone that wanted to oppose them. And then you have arriving on the scene a little rabbi who was a carpenter in a small, obscure town. And how does he change the world? How does he conquer the world? He sacrifices himself. He gives himself. Paul says this is totally different than any other leader that has come before him. He takes and brings peace by laying down his own life, not by gaining authority, not by looking for leadership, not by saying, hey, I want the whole world to benefit me. I want everyone to see me. He actually does it by saying this isn't to my personal advantage. This is for mankind. This is to benefit others. How many of us choose to live our lives like that? When you're given leadership, do you immediately look at, okay, people have to do what I want them to do now. They have to do what I tell them. Or do you start looking at, how do I use this to benefit others? If I'm over other people, how do I serve them? Not how do they serve me? Not how do I get my way or get what I want? No, this is not to my personal advantage because I'm not a hostage to pride. I'm not held captive 
by this. Jesus begins to show us what it truly means to be God. That he's laying himself down for others. He's laying his life down for others. If you're a Christian, if you're a Christ follower, you reflect that. You don't reflect pride. You reflect this leadership that says, hey, I'm laying down my life. Now, so many of us, we get scared at this point. And we think, well, I can't do that. I'm just gonna be a doormat. That means people are gonna walk all over me. If it's not for my personal advantage, if I don't look out for me, no one else is going to. And I wanna encourage you, that's not how Christ is calling us to live. I, a number of years, read a book, and it was so great. It was called When Helping Hurts. And it challenged us that actually sometimes that we, things that we think we're doing to help someone can actually hurt them. And it's really not for their benefit. How many times have we given something, maybe been generous, donated to something, and then what do we do? Man, look how good I am. I'm a really generous person. Look how giving I am. Man, I have so much more than that person. Obviously, they need what I have, and so I'm gonna give them a handout. That's pride, you guys. And that's the helping that actually hurts people. It doesn't help them. It actually ends up hurting them. I was talking with someone recently, and they were kind of bragging about like, well, my brother lives with me, and he doesn't have a job, and I have a job, and he, he leans on me for everything. I have to buy his food. I have to pay his bills. He gets mad. You know, if I order food out, and I don't get him something, and I just stopped him, and I said, hey, do you think maybe that's hurting that person? Maybe what you think is loving them isn't really loving them. See, if you're really looking out for their benefit, it's not pride that says, look how generous I am. It may be having a difficult conversation because you really care about that person. It may be a little bit of tough love that's uncomfortable for you. Why? Because it's not for your personal advantage. It's not just so you can get ahead. See, Jesus isn't saying, hey, humility means you're a doormat. You just let people walk all over you. No, he said, you're actually concerned about others. You're looking what will benefit them, what will help them, what will grow them as a person. This is how you're called to live, not a pride that says, well, I'll give them something because it makes me look good. No, how do I actually help them? What do I do for their benefit and for their growth? This is how you're called to live so that we don't become a prisoner of pride inside of our life. One last thing, Philippians chapter two, verse eight, says this, if you still have your Bibles open, Philippians 2, 8, and being found in the appearance of man, this is talking about Jesus, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. I'm not a hostage to pride because Jesus shows us a new way to live by dying. He shows us a new way to live that seems so odd. It's when we lay down and when we sacrifice our life. This is what Jesus did. Paul's saying, look at how Christ lived his life. He wasn't prideful. He wasn't looking for a throne or a crown. He wasn't looking for some leadership position so everyone would have to do what he said. He actually came and he laid down his life. He became obedient to death, even death on a cross. What does this mean? It means you and I as a church, as people that are not a hostage to pride, we rethink our lives as a husband or as a wife, as a parent, as a boss, as a manager, as an employee, as a student, as a teacher, you begin to look at your life of not as how is this about me, 
how do I die and sacrifice myself for the benefit of someone else? Because that's what Jesus did. Leadership like this looks totally different. Relationships like this look totally different when it's not just about my selfish ambitions or what I want, but I'm willing to lay down my dreams. And maybe sometimes I'm willing to lay down my goals and my wants and my desires to help you out so that you can fulfill your dreams and your goals and your desires. This is how Jesus lived. Jesus said, hey, if you wanna find your life, you'll actually lose it. If you truly wanna live, you'll actually die. You'll sacrifice what you want for the good of others. I was thinking about this and just one more, maybe picture illustration of this. I realize most of you probably won't be able to see this, but right here in between my fingers, is a seed. It's just a tiny apple seed, right? And it's dead at this point. It's been taken off of the tree where it gets its nutrients and its life and its energy and all of that. And it's been taken out of an apple. And if you were to take this, this crazy thought, if you were to take this itty bitty tiny thing that maybe some of you in the back or maybe even online you can't see, and you were to plant that in the ground and put some dirt over it and water it and take care of it, it grows into a tree. And the ironic thing is that that tree produces not just one, but hundreds and hundreds of apples. Isn't that crazy that this tiny little seed can actually produce, if you've been at the grocery store and you see that giant bin and there's like, you know, maybe a couple hundred apples there, all of that could have come from that tiny little seed. Do you know how that's made possible? How does this come about? This has to die. This can't keep on living. It actually has to die and be buried for life to come about. And how many of us have walked through dark times and we're fighting against it? And there's that pride of, I want people to see me. Man, I have so many gifts. I have so many talents. How come no one recognizes them? And God's putting us in the soil and he's burying you. He's hiding you away. Why? so that your life can produce a harvest. Because he says the only way for you to truly live, the only way for you to truly impact others and bring about like the fruit of my kingdom is sometimes you have to die. And those dreams that you've been dreaming and the things, God, I wanna do this. I want people to see me. God, I wanna be known. And God says in order for your life to produce the harvest, sometimes I gotta put you underground. I gotta put some of those goals got to hide them away. And if you'll actually submit yourself to me, if you won't be prideful, if you'll humble yourself, that's when I can actually do something with your life. That's when I can use you. That's when you'll begin to bear fruit. Fruit in keeping with me and my goals and my dreams and what Christ wants. That's the freedom that we're all seeking for, that we're all searching for is that we're not a hostage to pride, but that means that it's not about us. We're focused on others. It means that we're willing to die to ourselves. And maybe some of the dreams and the goals that we have, we're willing to allow them to be buried so God can bring about a harvest. And I just wanna pray for us this morning. I'm gonna ask if you would bow your head and close your eyes. And you may be here and maybe you've been living that prideful life. Maybe you've thought, you know what, this is about me and, 
And then you find out that our life becomes very broken, becomes very small when it's only us and we don't see other people. When we're selfish and we're just focused in on ourselves, we miss out on so much else that's going on in the world. And the Bible says that we've all missed that, that pride has crept into each of our hearts. That was the first sin is Adam and Eve thought they knew better than God. They said, God, we'll do it our own way. We don't need to listen to you. It was pride. And then each of us have followed in that pattern. And maybe you're here this morning and you would be honest, I don't have that relationship with God. I've been trying to control my life, but this morning I want to surrender my life to him. I wanna submit my life to Christ. I want that relationship and to know God's plans and God's dreams for me. And if that's you, I wanna lead us in a prayer this morning. And I'm gonna ask everyone to say this out loud. If you're watching online here in this room, let's say this out loud together, whether you're praying it for the first time or whether you've prayed it before. Lord, I come to you this morning and I humble myself. I've missed your mark and I've sinned, but I ask for your forgiveness. I ask for a fresh start. Be the Lord of my life. Be the savior of my life. Bring me freedom this morning. And I pray this in your name, amen. Church, can we just celebrate this morning? Anyone that may have prayed that for the first time or you're recommitting your life, man. We are excited for you. We believe that God does that, that something happens in us and God gives us a fresh start, a brand new start to begin to walk with him. And, and we're praying for you. And I wanna ask all of us now, not just if we were prayed that prayer for the first time, but each of us, we're gonna respond in just two simple ways quickly here this morning. The first is this, is if you have your phone or if not, maybe you can take out a, a piece of paper, but I'm asking you to take this out this morning. And here's what I'm gonna ask you to do, humble yourself. Text a family member or a friend, could be someone sitting close to you, a need that you have in your life. Hey, I've been facing this decision at work. Finances aren't where they need to be. Hey, I have this temptation or this struggle, if it's someone that you trust. I want you right now, even while I'm talking, go ahead and take out your phone. And I want you to just text someone that you're close to, someone that you can share that with. What does that do? it reminds us we're not perfect. Hey, we have things in our life that we struggle with. We're not God's gift to the world, okay? And hey, we have needs in our life and we need one another. We need each other. And so maybe you'll have something that comes to mind. You can tell them, my pastor's weird. He's making me do this, but I just wanted to share a need that I had in my life. Would you pray for me? Do you think about me? Do you encourage me this week? Let's humble ourselves not be full of pride, but let's humble ourselves. And you can keep doing that if you're still texting that. I wanna lead us in one more prayer. And after you're done texting, I wanna invite you not to repeat after me, but in your own words, would you just have a conversation with God? How have you been a hostage to pride? For some of us, it may, we may think, well, I'm not prideful, but it really is throwing that pity party. I need people to be focused in on me. I need people to be thinking about me. I need to be the center of attention. That's imprisoned. That's being a hostage to pride. It may be other things. You always have to be right. Whatever that is, would you just submit that to God? And let's pray this morning that we would be the kind of church
that's not a hostage to pride, but we're united, walking in humility, thinking about others. Let's pray together this morning. Lord, we come before you and we thank you for this reminder, God. Sometimes we don't even know it, but we're in prison. God, we're locked up by pride in our life. God, it stops us from seeing others or being focused in on the needs of others around us, God. And we don't wanna live like that. So I'm praying, help me, God, help us as a church this week, God, to see those moments and God, to walk in your freedom, to be humble, God, to think about others, to focus in on others, Lord, to live our lives where it benefits others, not just for our personal advantage. Let our workplaces be different. Let our families be different. God, as students are in school, either virtual or in person, God, let their classrooms be different because they're walking in a humility that comes from you, God. We're a reflection of your love to the world around us. Help us be that kind of church, Lord. Let us live in your power, God. And as we die to ourselves, let us let it bring about a harvest of righteousness. God, a harvest of your goodness for your kingdom. Lord, we pray this in your name. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. If you haven't already, I challenge you to take the action step that Pastor Aaron shared to text somebody close to you, a family member or a close friend, and let them know a need in your life, something that maybe they could help you with or they could pray with you with as an act of humility as we start to battle our pride and live for other people. Here at NCC, we are all about making people and places new, and we want to know how we can help you grow in your faith. So connect with us online at newcommunity.co. We'd love to hear from you.